0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who has just seen his first Edinburgh Fringe show. It's Richard Harris. Oh, yeah. Hello there, Edinburgh. I'm nearly better. Oh, welcome. Oh, no, I've dropped everything on the floor. It's a disastrous. L- How are you doing? Yeah. Thank you so much for coming along. Welcome to. Richard Herring's Lock Siphoning Todger podcast. Uh, that's what I came up with today. It's changed direction. I'm, I'm travelling around Scotland now with the podcast, uh, putting my penis into every lock. I can find and see how much I can just siphon off daily, and then I squirt. it. It's like it's a knockout without the um, underage sex. Uh, and then there's... I then siphon it into a thing, and then there's a dipstick. Uh, whichever lock, I get the most water out of wins. So that's the new... I don't know if my guests are prepared... For that. But I was hanging out with uh, the interchangeable three men sketch groups whose posters is just them all pulling this exact same face. <laughs> um, they all call it Rellistapa, those guys. All of those guys do. <laughs> and I can say that because I did my fair share of those posters as well. As long as you look funny on the poster, right, that's all. Well oh, that'll be funny because they've got a funny face. So that is keep it up guys, good work Uh, I um, was—I happened to see a show, I'll talk about that first Uh, I'm only going to see kids shows this uh, year because I've got my family up with me and I would very much like to recommend to any families don't go without kids, you'll look weird Um, and you probably are weird so please don't go if you listen to this Uh, don't mess with the dummies Uh, this is an Australian triplet uh, no, not triplets, I don't think Three fantastic Australian uh, sort of circus performers, Genuinely brilliant. My two-year-old son has never sat still for more than 30 seconds in his life. He got through 40 minutes before he even started fidgeting. It was incredible. So <laughs> go and see that. That's just a recommend. Uh, uh, I was I was looking forward actually to uh, doing some uh, topical material because you know this is a lot. You know this goes out today, and that's, that's very rare now with the pub. We got we got. Till December with the podcast already in the can, so it's quite unusual to. So I was looking forward to doing topical material, and then I saw the news today, and that was not so good. Uh, why? Why is it with America? They're so unlucky with gun crime, aren't they? What's that? What's the way? They're so unlucky. It happened so two uh, gun crime terrible shooting sprees in the same. 12-hour period. It's uh, incredible. Uh, there, are, there have been more gun sprees America this year, in America this year than I have had soleros. That is, that is how bad I eat at least one Salero a day. Most countries work on the, if we get less gun sprees than Richard Herring eats Saleros index, then that's fine. Most of them are doing pretty well. Most of them are actually on the same number of alcoholic units I've had so far this year. Uh, so uh, that's a pretty uh, tragic. Well, I can't work out what it is about America. So different. Why is it? Why is it them that get it? I can't. If only we could work out what the problem was, <laughs> well, then I'm sure we could solve it. So as you can see, it's very funny news. In the new, the news has been a very funny news. Today. Uh, and I would just like to say to people at home, uh, do come along and see the show we've, uh, or listen to it at home. I hope you listen to all of them. You don't have to listen to all of them, but if you want to, you can. We've got some big names coming up. Uh, we, we've got a day off tomorrow because, you know, I'm, top, I'm 52 years old. Uh, and then on Tuesday, we've got Vicky Stone and Sophie Ducker. On uh, Wednesday, we've got, which is nearly sold out because that's two for one. So, you know, we're in Scotland. Uh, and uh, just uh, by the by. Uh, uh, Jade Adams and David O'Doherty on Wednesday. John Robbins on Thursday returning. Do come to that. honey hardly sold anything he's lost it he's lost it uh, and Janie Godley and Ashley story on uh, Friday we've got Tommy and Richard Osmond Sarah Kendall Tony Slattery coming up so please uh, do come and see a show you can see more than one if you want uh, and oh there's Liam there he's back for if anyone's in to has anyone come to more than uh, three shows yet there's been three has anyone come to three only Liam uh, there, I've got, Liam's come, he's going to win this book unless someone comes to more shows than him and uh, I'm going to give him a gift which is 80 pounds off a, taste, uh, a case of wine with a future sponsor of this show so <laughs> well done it's good if you come to more you'll end up paying you back it seems st- stupid for you to come to more than you fucking idiot uh, but, uh, <laughs> but thank you for doing so uh, and uh, uh, th- at the end of the show I hope you've got a programme at the end of the show we'll be doing a collection for Scope as always which is a fantastic charity I'm patron of which uh, uh, is uh, dedicated to trying to get equal rights and access for disabled people uh, if you like that programme would like to give some money on the way out there'll be buckets uh there will also be a bucket on the table. I'll be doing signings and I'm happy to do selfies and I'm happy to sign your programme, selling some books as well after the show. Or you can text Herring 70085 and you'll donate £5 to Scope. You can do that at home. If you change it to Herring 3, it'll be £3. Herring 20, it'll be £20, whatever you want to do. That's just for you at home. Uh, if you want to join in with that. Right, let's crack on with the show. You love the old gun spree material, so I think we're all warmed up. <laughs> Might come up again. Uh, I, my first guest today uh, is probably best known for playing Katie in Carpeted After Hours. That's that's why we're here. We've all come. That's why like 200... I tell you, I, I can see the exact sales figures every single day for this show on a, on a web page, and it has ruined my life. I look, at it, I look at it every five minutes. There are 224 people in today. So, um, will you please welcome the amazing Jenna Friedman, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Sit down. Uh, pick up a white phone in That uh, will be, uh, we'll be able thank to thank be heard. Thank you for having me. No, thanks so much for doing this. This is incredible. Um, you're much too high profile for, for this show. Katie. I'm Katie, if you're, Katie. you're not
1: recognizing me. It's Katie from Carl, that did, student film in 2007.
0: Was it, what, what, what was Katie's... I don't even know. Role? I
1: don't think I had a speaking role. My friends <laughs> were film students and I just helped them out by being in a... I don't even know what it was about. It was some surreal student film in Chicago in, like, 2007. Okay. But it was my first credit on IMDb.
0: That's why, that's why I picked it. It's difficult with an American guest, because I might accidentally pick something that is really good. And so I had to be very careful. Could, could have picked The Daily Show. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, so, um, you're, uh, you're American. You're American. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have any answer to why there's all the, the guns? Gu- I, I have a
1: lot to say about I it. I mean, I it's th- why I'm here, it's the only place I can say it safely. <laughs> we can't joke about shootings in America because they happen all the time. We can't even talk about them, but it is getting easier to talk about because they're daily and like practice makes perfect. <laughs> Um, but I think you know the gun lobby uh, has a lot of control over our politicians and our p- particularly our Republican politicians, and so uh, a lot's going to come down to this next election to try to get people who are not cool with kids getting shot um, yeah. in office. Yeah,
0: it's kind of weird that that's a a, a thing that there's some that aren't cool. With. I mean, there's a lot that are cool. They're in the ones who are cool with it. Pretty I th- much. Th-
1: yeah, they're, I think they. have uh, Yeah. I talk about it a lot in, in my shop. <laughs> Sorry. It's a lot to talk about, and it's not funny, and it's so sad, and it's so personal, because we all, um, you know, it's like, uh, we all are affected by it. We yeah. all know people who, you know, it's like... <coughs> I mean, could they just not
0: sell machine... I mean, they'd stop selling proper machine guns for a while. And it's it capitalism. I don't know what you're
1: talking about. you got to make <laughs> a buck. Um, yeah, no, they could put the public interest over profit, but that's not what's happening in our country. Uh, can we talk about farts? We can. We, we will in a second.
0: I just feel it. I, I sort of feel like there should be a code amongst the shooters that they don't do them so close together, because I'd be really pissed off if I was the first guy... You're in the news, and then bang, there's another one taking you off the top. You've got—they've got to space them out a bit. Wow. It's like I, Edinburgh. It's too many
1: people. Too here. many. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. No, I mean they—for the, the most part, too—they keep walking away from the accident, like the accident, the shooting. They keep um, like it's almost safer to be. I—I um, I, I don't want to call it on record. No, but it's almost, like, safer to be a mass shooter than just a, a civilian in America at this point. Yeah. I don't know how they keep... I do know how. I do know exactly how they keep not... Like, but... It's because they're white. Um, the white ones. You know that it's a white one if they're alive after the shooting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. Sorry. I mean, it's pretty amazing <laughs> that But I also think, like that's embarrassing for the shooters if they, they're alive at the end that is a, they, they've got to die right in the shooting otherwise it's sort of embarrassing Richard, if you're still there afterwards.
1: <laughs> comedic riff is it's just <laughs> too hot it's just I'm just too thinking funny. from their point of view anyway like let's crack walls. on
0: well I could talk about your show but that's what your show's about so I can't it's talk not about
1: all, you yeah, guys it's not all about that I'm uh, open with that just to put Brexit in perspective <laughs> <laughs> you're so upset about Brexit I'm like hey guess what <laughs> could be worse I mean, we, we yeah.
0: Well, we'll talk about politics a bit more because I do want to talk to you, but later we'll move on to something else. Um, and um, well, I mean, it's sort of polite. I was watching last night uh, when I was uh, looking after my kid; they were asleep, it's fine. Uh, I was watching you interview uh, John McAfee, which was, oh, quite yeah. a, was quite an interesting interview. Which he's the guy who invented the software,
1: the Norton antivirus software. He's running for president on the libertarian platform. Uh, very charismatic. Uh, Guy, but also maybe a murderer and uh, <laughs> a sex offender.
0: Especially. Yeah, I mean, sex offenders are—they're allowed to be president, so that's okay. That's, that's not an issue. They're expected
1: they're mur- at this point, yes. Yeah. That's I mean, the only requirement. Your
0: president must have killed someone at some point.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, um,
0: not directly, very—you know—at least uh, indirectly. But it was—it uh, was Carrie
1: Fisher, actually. I think okay. Carrie Fisher. That's probably not funny, but um, <laughs> she did die like right after the election. Oh right. So okay. I think Trump killed her. Okay. <laughs> I am serious.
0: <laughs> um, but it was a very good interview with John McAfee because you you played him very well. I don't know how how much he was colluding with you with it a little bit, but you were no. He had guns. Yeah. They had
1: actually armed gunmen like surrounding us. Yeah. Uh, and so no, we were not on the same team. Because he uh, was
0: sort of a happy but you were you sort of flattered him enough and flirted yes. with him like minimally but just the right amount.
1: That's how she does <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it,
0: it's it was fascinating to watch I'm immu- I'm immune. You right. you can't get me, I'm immune now. Just because so it's all stopped working. I'm fifty two. Um, oh, my jeez. Um, but it's it's amazing how that's you know, it's, it's that easy to to a guy like that, a powerful guy like that, to, to make it with
1: disarm- uh, my feminine while. you just you
0: just said you don't, you look forty five instead of seventy and then he was like, Oh, okay. And I then know, leaning over and touching it, But anyway. he did.
1: He did look he looks good for somebody yeah. who buys um fake drugs off the internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah and he he looked he looks good and he also did they all had guns so you do have it was weird there was one moment when the guy was like pointing a gun at me and it almost it was so cartoonishly scary that it didn't register and there's this and I was just like hypothetically please don't shoot and I didn't it wasn't scripted or anything and it's like that's my like deer in headlights react it's like you just like Maybe a, like ironic hipster de-escalation of like, when someone has
0: a. You're incredibly cool, I have to say, because it was even if a guy just gets it, you got a gun out and then tried to put it back in the holster, and it took him five yeah, times to get it back drinking, in the holster. Yeah, he was that's Yeah, it's on
1: YouTube it. if you guys want to check it out. But yeah, he was Definitely. drinking, drinking and holding a gun, super fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. but. You got a fantastic interview. Andy was happy. He said he wouldn't get recorded in the toilet, and then you did record him in the toilet anyway. That's yeah. why I wondered whether he'd done that for you. You got to talk- no, 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 no. You no, got him talking no. about shitting in people's people shitting in No, his mouth. we didn't
1: get him talking about that. I was trying to keep it. He he uh, pays women to uh, shit in his mouth. Look, at least he's paying them. Um, <laughs> you know, someone got to. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I actually tried to keep it a little highbrow. The interview because yeah. he is running for president. Um, Honestly, I think he would be a better option. <laughs> Honestly, because he's like pro-choice, you know? And like, unless you're that one person. But I talked to him about... All right. Um, anyway, what was your question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't It was very, it's very well worth seeing. I also listened to uh, American Cunt.
1: Thank you. Which is your uh, previous... It was on CISO, which is like a short lived internet platform if a tree falls in the woods and the woods isn't you know, nobody's heard it, but thank you.
0: Yeah. Well it's on iTunes now, which people yeah, it's have on iTunes. I think a lot of people have that. So you can download that. My wife downloaded it yesterday as well. We didn't we didn't communicate. We could we, we bought it twice, we could have got it once and shared it. Oh thank you. So you've had two sales at least. Thank and that's you. a spike in in the UK. It might be, yeah. No, that's down to our family. But uh, that was that was the yeah, show you did in Edinburgh two years. So ago. I
1: developed it in Edinburgh, and then I, in 2015, so four years ago, and then like the election happened, and the show evolved to kind of uh, reflect what was going on in our country. And so the final version is not what I took to Edinburgh. kind right, of course, with what's happening now, the show I'm doing now, I, I I'm I'm working it out here, yeah. which I guess people don't do. Well,
0: what increasingly they do. It used to be how it used to. I've been coming here for a long time, and yeah. it used to be that you'd come up and have a have a pretty good idea of a show but you'd develop it over the 25 yeah. days and then it became very much like you had to come if you wanted to win awards and get reviews you had Oops. to have a show <laughs> at the start that was very good but yeah. now there's a lot of people doing work in progress which I think is better
1: no yeah it's not a work in progress it's totally a show it is like it took me like two days to get my sea legs but now it's like definitely a show so I totally count <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah
0: and so you, you cover, I mean you were covering sort of Trump obviously in, in, the, in American cunt and in
1: American Cond, I didn't even talk about Trump when I first did the show. I remember mentioning it, it was at the stand. I remember one show where I mentioned him, and it got a laugh, and I was like, this is too easy. And then I just moved on. So he wasn't in the first version of the show. The show, uh, Sarah Watson, who is a dear friend, and she works at the stand. Uh, she was like, you should come over, and I was like, okay, and she's like, but you really need a title that'll grab people, because <laughs> there are so many shows, so I was like, what about American cunt? And she's like, yeah, totally. And so I wrote the show around the title, and the show became about like gender, and then with like Hillary versus Trump, it was like kind of horrifying, but also like such an interesting way to look at gender in America. Um, so that was that show, and then this show is more about, like, politics and America, America's obsession with uh, true crime and, you know, what's happening with, like, Brexit and...
0: uh, Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much fucked. I think what's quite interesting about... (laughs) Yeah, we're fucked. I mean, I think, but that's quite... What I find interesting about political comedy at the moment is people state quite bold facts like we're fucked and the audience sort of laugh, and then you go,
1: yeah, but... No, but we are. But we are. And it sucks because it's like, you know, ultimately you guys pay to feel good, so you pay money to feel good. Um, And so you pay to see comedy that makes you laugh. And if you're doing political comedy and you're trying to be honest about it, there's nothing that is funny. It's like really hard to, and you know, there are ways to do it, but it's just like a really scary time. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm pretending to be optimistic just so I can sell more tickets. (laughs) So I'm like, vote everybody. But then it's also like our election, I mean, our election was hacked and they, uh, Mitch McConnell this past week just vetoed a bipartisan bill to try to stop election hacking again. So it's like we're not even fixing what messed up the last election. So I don't know. Like, I I don't know if we'll get Trump out of office in 2020 because we didn't really vote for him to begin with in 2016. So I do think unless we can, like, actually have Democratic... If we had a real Democratic election, a a Democrat would be in the White House.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, because... I mean, we, we can't talk in the UK at all about any of this stuff. It's the same to, exact thing, yeah, though. Yeah, it is. But also, it's an archaic system, as it is in the UK. The voting, the way yes. that voting works in the UK is that first-past-the-post thing, which is insane, in different areas. And so someone can get, you know, I think, like, even UKIP were getting 25% of the vote and no MPs that's just wrong, you know, whatever you say, that's not dem- democracy, I'm, you know, I don't want you to have seats particularly, but if you want democracy, then it's got to work like that. And, yeah, Trump, didn't, Trump got less votes, obviously America's more people 50 around the edge. 50% of the people middle. don't
1: vote. <laughs> uh, less than 25% of voting people, I think, voted for him. And also, the Electoral College is a relic of slavery to placate uh, white slave owners. And um, you guys should watch this documentary, The Great Hack, on Netflix, because I just... It, puts it, it just shows you kind of how uh, the way social media is really compromising democratic systems around the globe.
0: Yeah. But do you think we need to break it? I mean, will, it, will we break it and then be able to mend it again? It's obviously happened uh, back in the, I think, the 30s or 40s. There was something similar going on. Uh, I can't really remember. I don't know much about history. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it didn't... It, I kind of thought we'd sorted it out after Hitler, I have to say. I thought we gave that a good go, the whole nazism thing and then we sort of worked out probably wasn't that good an idea let's move on to something else and now we said let's give it one let's just give it one more try see what happens do you think we'll break it'll break and we'll go back again or do you think it's it's
1: i don't know i mean i think that like media literacy really trying to understand like where you're being fed propaganda you know like on twitter which i had to uh my twitter was private because i got a little bit trolled this past couple days but um I, kinda, I follow journalists I know and trust and respect, and it is hard when like, everyone labels everything fake news, but I think on social media, for example, just being aware that the forces who are uh, governing social media are really just trying to keep, like, retain your attention. Same with YouTube, you know, like, YouTube pushes people towards conspiracy theories to keep them online. Uh, Facebook sells your information to companies like Cambridge Analytica so that they can figure out which ones of you are impressionable to target and to get you to not vote. So these are actually documented things that are happening. The Guardian's the best person, the best uh, media company that's like actually documenting it. So just if, as long as we 're aware and we talk to each other and we talk to people who maybe we disagree with in a peaceful way, I think like in a Pollyanna way, that could be like our first step forward, but that said, I, I, I think we 're fucked. yeah <laughs> I, I, I think we are uh,
0: but and it's interesting because it happens gradually so you, when you read the history which you go well how did that happen how do people let that happen but it's, it's that frog in a pan of boiling water events mm-hmm. if you put a frog in boiling water it'll jump out maybe put it in a Sino pan and, we'll, <laughs> and, warm, <laughs> and warm it up it'll stay inside there and that's sort of where we're at we're just like it's just happening gradually gradually. Oh, do you think comedy is bad in this sense in that it, it doesn't do, do you think it informs or do you think it just makes oh, we're, we're no comedy's
1: understand. never bad I mean I think it's like we're, it's really like such a democratic exercise to be able to like talk to people in a peaceful way I think the challenging thing right now is parceling out like what's comedy and what's hate speech and even like people on the left are like I definitely have to kind of put myself in check with certain jokes to not do because it's like I don't even though like you know people who are, like, Trump supporters at this point just do feel like they're brainwashed in a cult, like they're still people, and you still want to be kind and not dehumanize them. So you have to, like, figure out how to talk about it, but I think, like, comedy is so important because it can get people who maybe disagree with you to swallow complicated ideas through, like, humor.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. I did a show called Hidden Mustache in 2010 <laughs> when it seemed like... And I had a hidden mustache for a while to see mm-hmm. what would happen... What happened? Uh, and it, well not much, because at the time it seemed, even then, it seemed ridiculous, you know, the idea that anyone would go that Nazis would return, yeah, uh, properly in a proper sense, and um, uh, you know, and that show was a sort of about getting people to vote so that right-wing politicians didn't get through vote via apathy. So you know, it worked, didn't it? It was a, it was good to do that. It was good. Say a safe draw. Imagine the timeline we'd be in if I hadn't done that. <laughs> So, I you know, people, I don't know. I know
1: it feels, okay. I know it feels futile what we're doing. Not to have, like, case studies, but when I was at the Daily Show, like, we actually had pieces that uh, influenced (laughs) policy and got, like, uh, this one piece I did on, like, voting laws um, influenced uh, policy in North Carolina, voter ID laws, and and then Trump became president. Nothing matters. But it does, I think, on, like, a local level, it really can help, and it does feel like... um, we're so uh, in trouble right now, but I do think even if comedy can't, like, change policy, it can be cathartic to people yeah. who are just trying to process what's going on and activate people who aren't voting or who don't think it matters. So, I don't know. I mean, that's what I had to tell myself, to like, be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the bit... The America does have all these smart shows, which, again, we don't so much in the UK. We tried to do those, uh, a version of The Daily Show. The Match Report's got the closest, I think, out of everything we've done. And John Oliver show, obviously, as well, which we, we get, can get over here. Uh, and anyway, there's so much smart comedy and thoughtful comedy and real t- getting into politics, which you know, obviously you're doing in your shows as well, getting into politics in that deep way. Um, so it's, it feels like a lot of America isn't, isn't seen. Yeah, <laughs> is it? no, it's still, that's the
1: other thing. It's like you're still <laughs> preaching to the choir and how do you yeah. break through. And that's, I don't know. I mean, it is, it's always tricky. We're figuring it out as we go.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you an emergency question to give you a chance to, you'll bring it back to politics though.
1: I am? You were, you were, I bet you will. Well, I just don't want to talk about
0: I'm going to ask you some stupid emergency questions. Yes. Uh, if you had to be in a human centipede, um, but you're in the middle, but you get, oh. to, you get to choose... get uh, to eat or something? Yeah, and either end, you get to choose the people at both ends. Who would you have in front of you and who would you have behind you in the...
1: That's not a weird question. No. Um, <laughs> not to these people. <laughs> they're, they're very so used to it. So whose ass would I want to eat? Is it yeah. eating the ass? What is well, that? it's I not. I mean,
0: it's, it? yeah, your um, your mouth is sewed to their she's anus. sewed to their anus. Uh, and your, your anus is sewed to the mouth of the person behind you.
1: If I said, like, Betty White, because I know that she's pretty old, um, what happens if someone dies when they're sewed I, to your then face?
0: Then you've got to sort of walk around until they're... Just with a decomposed Decomposing Betty corpse. White in front of you. And then she'd eventually... would
1: be a decomposed corpse worse than a live I think person? You would,
0: I think you'd die because I don't think the corpse, corpse would... Would I get like de-
1: ammonia in my... You
0: might do, but I don't... Because it would take a while... Are would, there any morticians here? You would here? still be attached to Betty White and it would take a while for her to decompose and you wouldn't be getting any food in that time apart from the okay. putrid putrefaction. <laughs> of, and then if it's of, someone uh,
1: like John McAfee who eats poop, yeah. then... He'd if, like it. Is it like, if, if someone who eats poop poops, is their poop cleaner or dirtier?
0: I've, I've <laughs> got to say dirtier. It's like double... It's, it's concentrated yeah, poop, But you know how it?
1: you put charcoal in water to clean it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's
0: worth a go. I'd choose... I mean, the thing, if you put Jan, John McAfee behind you, he'd be very happy. Yeah, I would
1: put John McAfee behind me for sure, if you're listening, John, because, you know... Yeah, I would totally... I want, like consent going on yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> I don't want to force my shit in anybody's mouth I think
0: well, if, 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 if the scientists who make human centipedes get me too there's going to be a. Tra- it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for those guys to operate gonna <laughs> well,
2: yeah I mean
1: yeah. as far as somebody maybe mm, maybe like a a little, I'm going to gag, like a tiny little baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> a baby that doesn't even eat salads yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be nice for you. I mean, it's it is incredibly cruel for the... It is cruel. For life. the new... I mean, they wouldn't maybe know. The they wouldn't baby get used to this being their life.
1: terminal... Sorry. What? Maybe we should talk about gun violence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're in a safe space where we're allowed to no, hypothetically nothing's talk Nothing's a safe space ever.
1: And then also we're, we're being recorded. We are... So. <laughs>
0: So far, so good, though. I've got away with it all so far, haven't I? There's so much of me on the internet that they'll never find the stuff that mm. will get us into trouble. It's fine. Um, okay, let's see what I come up with. I wish I with. were a man on the internet. I'll, I'll ask you. <laughs> You're like, burn the witch. She's breathing. <laughs> some of them, some of the men on the internet have had a hard time. But yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost? There you go. I
1: think ghosts. I think it's like a peanut allergy. <laughs> if someone's choking on a peanut and you don't have a peanut allergy you're like what are you talking about I think it's the same thing with like extra sensory perception you know like I've never seen a ghost but if somebody were like I've seen a ghost I'm like oh you have that allergy that allows you to see yeah
0: thank you a nice way looking like,
1: at oh. yeah, so I can I usually have, tell by looking to...
0: at someone if they've got that allergy but if I talk to them yeah. for three minutes I kind of know what they're going to say <laughs> I know which way they're going with that I kind of thought you'd say no uh, I kind of thought Lucy Beaumont might say yes that's, that's, that's where that's where
1: Can I I I tell a tiny, funny ghost story? Yeah, please do. So when I was working at the Daily Show in 2015, we all stayed at this haunted hotel in uh, Austin, Texas, called the Driscoll. And the group of people I worked with at the time, very cerebral, very, like, skeptical, maybe, like, a third of them moved hotels after the first night Mm. from just hearing stuff or seeing stuff, yeah.
0: Well, we're all, like, fascinated by it. I, 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 I... Pretty really confident there are no ghosts, but I've moved into quite an old house, and for the first few months, we, we could hear a baby crying that wasn't our baby. Oh, God. But like, we hadn't slept very much because we had a baby. A <laughs> baby crying, we yeah. We were both here at the same time, and then go and look at our baby or look at the baby on the monitor, and the ba- our baby wasn't crying.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But there was a baby crying, and it used to be, my house used to be like a an the doctor's orphanage house, and there was, Wayward. To, there was a hospital on the Stop side it. of it. And, you know, Your some husband? babies must have died in the, in the last 300 years, must they? Cool. Uh, You know, it's fine. It doesn't give us any trouble, the the dead baby. Yeah, baby girls could be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, 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 Oh, in American Cunt, you talk about the last uh, taboo subject, which is to mock short men, which I did not find amusing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I was doing the show, and the reviewers over here were like, she's edgy, and I'm like, okay, and then it encouraged me, and I'm like, what's the one thing I can't talk about? Because I have a bit about, like, uh, women in ISIS, like the glass burka, just, like, their inability to have leadership positions. Like, the show is pretty edgy in some ways. You guys didn't like that. I mean, I, whatever. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, but I could never talk about men shorter than me. People got so upset.
0: Yeah, it's... It, it's. You Are you crying? I was very upset. <laughs> I was laughing at everything and then something affected me and suddenly I thought, that's not funny anymore. Yeah. What a weird experience that is. I've never, I've never experienced that from an audience before.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't see gender once it's below my eyeline. <laughs> that's a joke from the show. Sorry, you guys.
0: Well, I didn't see gender for a lot of time then I lost a bit of weight and now I, I've realised again which, which gender I am. <laughs> 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 uh, good, we'll uh, ask you, okay, let's see whether this, I circled some yesterday and I could never find them, I'll tell you what, I should turn the page back, that's something I've learnt for future episodes, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go random. Uh, if you dropped your mobile phone down the Portaloo, which is a portaloo, you know, do you know what a portaloo is? Do you have those in America? Yes, it's a bath, a toilet. Yeah, on day three of the Glastonbury Festival, do you know what the Glastonbury Festival is? Do you have yeah, those in America? Would you, <laughs> would you take the the, to- the phone out of the toilet? Would you, would you go down into the cesspit to if retrieve it?
1: There was an Ebola outbreak? No.
0: Okay. <laughs> If... There rarely is in the glass of
1: (laughs) If I wouldn't be contaminated with a hemorrhagic fever by touching a a pool of shit, then
0: maybe. But would you want to use your phone again? I mean, they're waterproof now, aren't they? But I don't know if... uh... Oh,
1: so I have a waterproof case on my phone, always. That I should have prefaced. Okay. Because I drop it in shit all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have gone... We've gone very shit uh, heavy in this...
1: How do you think I got McAfee to sit down with
0: me? <laughs> Let me find it. Let me see if I can find a nod. Kneel down.
1: No, sorry. Okay.
0: Let me see if I can find a question that isn't about shit. No, I can't. Shit, <laughs> anuses. Uh, oh, how about this? What thing do you most regret destroying with fire?
1: <laughs> have I you have never, destroyed... regret. <laughs> <laughs> never regret. I have no regrets. Um, I, I don't have any regret over anything I've done. Have
0: you ever destroyed anything with fire?
1: Probably, like, some stuff.
0: Yeah. Bits yeah. of wood and stuff. I actually had... Uh, twigs.
1: I had a breakup where my friend was like, you have to destroy this. It was something I had to, I had to destroy in okay. a fire. And maybe I regret that because it was a funny story and it would have been fun to keep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: it's sort of... That's a bit. Like, when you do break up with people, sometimes that's the ultimate thing. You know, people ripping up and paint photos and cutting out the...
1: No, Yeah. And in a way, I think
0: the time passes. Do you not want yeah, to n- at least see, the, see those things again?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a funny story. I just feel weird talking about it. But okay. um, yeah, it was like an article about the person with someone else. Okay. And so it was like funny, and I kept it because I thought it was funny. And my friend was like, you have to burn this. It's like <laughs> kind of toxic. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, I think you could do what you like when you've broken up with someone. If you—it's the only thing I've really ever
1: consciously burned that just popped into my head. I don't. Okay. I'm not a pyro. It's
0: good. That's why it's a good question because you know no one's asked that before, and no uh, I'm not saying my questions are brilliant, but that one's great. <laughs> um, when is your show on? Are there tickets? Can I see it? Yes. I will think you babysit there are, my kids while, while it's They on can. Com-
1: they should be able to come. Okay. I mean, it's it's sixteen and up, but okay. I can make an exception if they want to just. Yes. Connor.
0: You don't want my son in there. I've been rude about my son. He was good today, so I like him today. <laughs>
1: um, the show is at 21:20, 9:20 p.m., at the assembly room five. It's called "Miscarriage of Justice." It's like a political hour of comedy. It's very be, dark.
0: Will you be back in the UK touring that in the future? You do come over here quite a lot. I'm
1: trying to, I'm probably going to be coming over here more.
0: <laughs> it's
1: really fun to do uh, comedy uh, outside of the US.
0: Cool. So, yeah. well, the people at home will uh, do check out uh, the, the, any tours. Check out American Cunt.
1: Yeah, check out American Cunt. Thanks.
0: Just, Thanks. you know, generally, and the show American Cunt yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer Freeman. Thank you. lovely. Uh, so, we'll move swiftly on. My son is he's okay, right, my son, but he, he, he'll do stuff that's just socially unacceptable and then you tell him off and he just laughs. I don't know where he got it from. I hate him. He's an idiot. So, its uh, he'll just always laugh. You, you can't tell him off, he'll always laugh. My second guest today, uh, you're much better than the audience in the first half of this show, by the way. <laughs> he's probably best known for his appearance on the 50 Funniest Moments of 2014. And we are going to talk about all 50 of those moments now. It's Phil Wang, ladies and gentlemen! I love
2: you,
0: Phil. Hey, man. Hey, Phil. I've, I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. Oh, really? I hope you haven't listened to him because I've been really rude about you, but I love you. Do you really? Yeah, I love the old Taskmaster thing. Oh, right? thanks, man. Um, I'm disappointed you not wearing... <laughs> You're the not the suits. only one.
3: I... <laughs> I use that image a lot in my uh, press for this show, <laughs> knowing exactly what I was doing, um, and I do feel like I'm guilty of some false advertising.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, Pete, that's, you, that's, that's your gimmick. It's like Rod Hull had emu. You have your, cr- your, your penis. I <laughs> <laughs> sh- you know, no, never thought my greatest away. achievement was finding a loophole into being essentially nude. Yeah. LAUGHTER <laughs> But the others didn't realise... Tell me which of the other guests I was talking to about. They said they didn't. They only saw you on the last... The, the way it was filmed, they only saw you on the last task. We only wearing. saw each other for the first time on the group yeah. task day. And um, it was also the first time I
3: became aware of how visible my little <laughs> balls were. Because the crew don't give anything away. Right. They didn't, they didn't sneak or go, that's a bit much. <laughs> and it wasn't until... James Acaster turned up and said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but I looked down and noticed just how visible it was. So if you see the, the first group task of that series of Taskmaster, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, noticeably uh, uh, humbled. I, I'm, I'm covering myself a lot more than in other episodes because I'm suddenly... It's like, it's like I've, t- I've been taking a bite out of the forbidden fruit yeah. and I finally noticed my own nakedness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do, th- do they not have a mirror anywhere that you could have seen? <laughs> <laughs> or are
3: you just so entranced by your own face?
0: No, there's no mirror. It's like, yeah. it's like a casino in that house. You have no, <laughs> no idea what, what time it is. So. <laughs> you were fantastic. You, I think you were, there's been some very good guests on Taskmaster. There's been some great people who would be great guests who haven't yet been on. <laughs> but there's. Oh, yeah, Jenna you, would, you, would be. Maybe, Jenna would be. Yeah, really, yeah. I'm sure Jenna's definitely fucking going to be on there. She didn't know what it was backstage when I was saying that she'll definitely be on uh, before me. And uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> when, when all the other comedians are dead, if I manage to live to 100, they might have me on. That's, that's my guess. Uh, but you, are, you were. I mean, were you, were you putting it on a little bit? You were sort of quite. You're a very intelligent man, you're an engineer. Yeah. But you did make some stupid decisions. <laughs> well, I'd, like to think, I'd like to say I put it on,
3: but when it came to the watching them back again, I was genuinely surprised just how badly I'd done it. I yeah. honestly thought I'd done quite well. Okay. There was one yeah. task I was particularly disappointed with, the, the way I had to get the weighing scale to measure an exact amount. And so I just went, oh, a big tub of water, you can adjust that um, you know, to an infinitesimal amount. Um, and But it, it took me so long just to carry a bucket of water onto a scale that the others beat me by just throwing plastic ducks or some chairs. On it.
0: You had to me- measure how big a caravan was with ba- using a baked bean as a measurement. Yeah. you're an engineer, you should be able to do that. I was so tired at the end of that day. I was just... I could not be bothered. And I didn't think this was
3: going to be a major task. I thought it would be like... I thought they were going to get rid of it because it was so stupid. And, and it turned out to be... Like the centerpiece of one of the episodes, yeah. and I just came across a fucking idiot, and Rod Gilbert came across a smarter than me, and I was just <laughs> so disappointed you 're confronted with a a strange version of yourself on that show, yeah. a very honest and peculiar version of yourself, and I was very
2: disappointed
0: with it. <laughs> it was very entertaining, and so is it made? I mean, that that's been your most high. You've done a lot of TV, but that's the most high-profile. Yeah, I, I hadn't realised just how I, mean, I knew it was
3: a big old popular show and a great show, but I didn't realise just how many people watched it. And um, that yeah, it was after doing that show that. You know, people recognising me on the tube and pointing at my dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also so much a, fa- um, a, a, a product of just being on the same show every week for ten weeks, you know. So yeah. you're, you're a constant presence on, the, on the TV for yeah. a while.
0: And you t- your show's sold out this year in Edinburgh already, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So you're doing extra shows already? I'm doing extra shows,
3: um, and those sold out, but I'm doing another extra show <laughs> in the Pleasance Grand on the 16th of Friday, 11.15pm, so do come to that if you can
0: come and see that if you, if you can get tickets I mean there's still a few tickets left for this show uh, <laughs> every performance uh, again, including this one and the last two I've done as well if you're a time traveller please do come <laughs> please do come back uh, and um, okay let's see what else we're going to talk to you about um, I'm very interested in your mum you're, what? You're I'm interested what? in your mum. Oh, yeah? yeah. I am mean, Not yet as a romantic prospect, but okay. possibly. Maybe. Um, I'm not, not ruling it out. She's probably about the same age as me. Uh, so... Um, I'll be nice. She's an archaeologist. Um, would, you be, would you like to have me as a stepdad? <laughs> um... <laughs> Can I, come, I f- come back on the podcast? Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean probably okay. every week if, you're, if I'm your dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and once my kids are old enough, I'm planning to have them on every week, basically. <laughs> like a sort of von Trap podcast <laughs> thing.
3: Um, my, my mother, yeah, she trained as an archaeologist, yeah, um, and that's what took her out to Malaysia, yeah, and then she uh, retrained uh, as a doctor. So okay. she's, full, she's a doctor. But she worked in voluntary services overseas in Malaysia. Is that, so yeah. that's where she met. Is that where she met your dad? Or was yeah, she, you? uh, yeah, she she took uh, martial art. Class and my dad was a kung fu instructor because okay. I
0: am uh, descended from a line of stereotypes.
2: <laughs> <That's
0: Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, kung fu, you're like Indiana Jones, a kung fu instructor and archaeology in the US. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> incredible. Uh, well, that's, that's a lovely story. And so you, you grew up, you were born in Stokes. I was born in Stokes, my mom's seems from Stokes. Yeah. So unlikely, but I, I'll go oh, with doesn't Donna look like it? No, it's just, I can't imagine anyone's born in Stoke. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of place you die in, isn't yeah. it? It's not... <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, no, I was born in Stoke, but I don't remember it. I was a week no. old when we flew back. And you went back, and so you and you've
0: lived all over the world. You can speak man- Mandarin. A Bit of Mandarin. My Mandarin's pretty right. rocky. My Malay is
3: pretty good. Okay. Uh, and uh, my English is fantastic. Your English is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very impressed with the English. Thank you very much. I've been practising. I thought we might have trouble, so I, I was <laughs> going to conduct
0: the interview in Malay, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 we'll stick. We'll stick with English for for now. Uh, <laughs> I will I do it again. I, I, have to recommend. I've recommended uh, Jenna's internet stuff. If you do, ch- do check out that uh, John McAfee interview. is incredible. Uh, but I was watching uh, your takedown of Tom Hiddleston's uh, for, well, Centrum advert. It's an advert yeah. for vitamin pills, which I remember from a few months ago, which was came on the internet. Which is him. It was just for the co- was it Korea that it was in or China? It was it was China. China, was China was the Chinese market?
3: market. Yeah, it was just a bizarre, bizarre advert yeah. where he pretended to be your boyfriend. Yeah. And so it's all from like a first person perspective and Tom Hiddleston's making you breakfast and making no sense and (laughs) offering you, like pushing these vitamins at you, (laughs) like he's trying to say something about your health. Uh, And it was just so bizarre and I hate him anyway. So (laughs) when this came out, like a friend, Andrew Andrew Dawson, the comedy writer was like, have you seen this video? It'd be funny if like it was you doing the collar up. I was like, oh yeah. And I had a free day in Melbourne. (laughs) <laughs> and a hotel room that looked peculiarly like the yeah. set in the video. Yeah, yeah. So I just did that in my pants for a day. <laughs> and... Um, I mean, yeah. we
0: weren't trying to explain that. You have to watch it to get... It. Just Google those things. I was crying with laughter this morning. Then I tried to explain right. to my mother-in-law who did not find it. <laughs> 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 But she didn't know about the original album. it's insane <laughs> Because he's in, he's in making you breakfast. He said, like, I finished work early. Yeah, yeah, he, he, I, I, so I just got off work, but it's like
3: breakfast. So what does he do? Is he like a security guard? And then, and he makes you breakfast, um, which is like a fried egg on top of a fruit salad. And then he puts pepper on it. It's like, what the... Fu- what? Is this what Chinese people think white people think Chinese people eat? And all these filters of cultural misunderstanding... And then, and then he has to get up and leave, and he goes, "Sorry, I've got to go back. I'm 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 busy for the next few weeks." It's like, "But you just got off work. What are you talking about? Doesn't make any sense at all." Uh, And he makes my skin crawl anyway. And so it was delightful. It was delightful to make that video. And of course, there's like a Chinese link as well, which was fun. uh, It was very good. Do watch it.
0: Uh, We ruined it now for you, but it was good. It was it was (laughs) very good. Uh, And uh, you're doing the Edinburgh Noodle Awards again. Is this something you do? Yeah, the Slurpees. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2017,
3: I found an incredible uh, noodle place on Nicholson Street called uh, Noodles and Dumplings, which is just one of the best noodle places I've ever been to. And I thought I'm I'm gonna just to keep myself sane in this month, I'm gonna do something completely non-comedy and just review noodle places. And people start going to the places that I was recommending. And um, they started doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And so, yeah, they're, they're the Slurpees now. And at the end of the month, once they, they give away the comedy awards, they give away the Slurpees. Okay. Is there yeah. a prize? Uh, not any physical one. No. Uh, just, just, uh, just pride. The, the kudos. Yeah. And these places... I'm not on Twitter, I will never find out. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Are you able to give any clue as to who's going to win this year, or is it too early? I'm not, to
3: I, it's, it's too early. I mean, there's a lot of exciting newcomers. Um,
0: <laughs>
3: it's all about which restaurant has the most sort of touching message about 40 minutes into your meal. Uh, <laughs> I've not I've not mentioned to too many places just yet. No. But I've got a bunch of recommendations. I'm looking forward to. Okay,
0: doing. that's good. And do they let you eat there for free now? They is, is no one no one got any idea. What no one has any idea. You. Yeah. Um. I mean, most of these places
3: don't pay tax, let alone are on Twitter. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I don't. I don't want the special treatment. I, I'm it no. for the nudes. I yeah. I don't want to be treated special. That's fine. That's Because I,
0: for years, I would go on about the Tempting Tatty, which is a fantastic jack potato shop uh, up. Uh, just d- down the hill and up the hill from the Pleasants I always forget the name of the road and I went on about it for a long long time for probably 15 to 20 years before the guy went are you Richard? Because <laughs> I would, I, I, I would ever, you know, whenever I never said where do you eat in Edinburgh I'd always say the tempting tally. Yeah how do you do that before Twitter we you just screaming in the <laughs> street <laughs> 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 I'd mention it shows and everything. you know you always get asked where do you hang out in Edinburgh where do you eat in Edinburgh I'd just always say the tempting daddy. Right that would, would be, be the only place. Because <laughs> 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 also, you know, you don't really hang out in Edinburgh all that much. You sort of said not going for like massive meals anywhere. Yeah, every, pre, every meal is
3: an emergency. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> meal is just like gotta grab something so you don't faint in the next two hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Good. So uh, hopefully, eventually, they'll know, no, but not uh, not until then. And you were present at the footlights. I didn't know you were a Cambridge
0: boy, but I, I, I have a feeling I might. Did I do a gig with you in about the, in the? In Cambridge, yes, um, the Wolfson Howler, yeah, um,
3: and the Wolfson College, yeah, uh, which was like uh, the the most high most prestigious like gig in Cambridge because right. it meant. Um, you're on with like, these amazing professional comedians, and Richard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you, 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 it was like this taste of the professional world. You
0: know. Yeah, so I remember the gig, and I thought, I think I remember you on that. It was like Snivelling little no, bit. no, you were very, you were very good, <laughs> I have to say. Everyone, the standard was very good. I thought there was a lot of comedians who were very like Stuart Lee, is what I, I remember at the time. This drove me insane. because <laughs> <laughs> They didn't realise they were actually like me. Someone had copied me, and then checked, made it more commercial. Uh, so, they didn't know who was amongst them. But yeah, so you were, you were, doing, sta- you were doing stand-up at university, and, yeah. and then you became president of the Footlights, which is pretty impressive. It was nice, it was nice. I mean, it was in my fourth year, and I was there a bit
3: longer than people, so nice. a lot of it was just because I'd been there the longest and could handle the emails. Um, it's, mainly, it's, it's an administrative job, man. it's just like handling emails from, from weirdos. Uh, but yeah, it's just. I mean, the great thing about the Footlights is just, it's just a place to practice comedy. Yeah. All the time for three to four years. So you come out, just you know, knowing knowing the mechanics of it a little better than a lot of um, yeah. other people your age. Maybe I've got to.
0: And is it still? A, a, is it is it a slight sort of albatross around your neck being a Cam- Cambridge footlights? Is that on the circuit? Or, I mean, is, is it? If is you it, let it be, I, yeah. I don't really.
3: It's 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 no, I, not really. I mean, people don't really talk about it that much. Uh, for like. You don't really get the benefits from it like you used to. It's not like an instant route into, you know, a, a radio for like it used to be, and, which is good. You know, it's, things are more equal now and a little more um, democratic. Uh, but I think whatever benefits it has are cancelled out by the negative connotations it has as well. So you come up basically at net zero. Yeah, yeah. probably. I mean, I had a horrible. Time. Well, I was in the opposite the other, of you in
0: '88, yeah. uh, and it was, and I was like. To, to the extent that it's psychologically damaged the rest of my life I was just we were just the alternative comedians just basically bullied us for the whole year and it was just so upsetting really? yeah yeah And when you left? When we came to Edinburgh in 88 and did yeah. the Oxford Review, we just basically got set up for loads of horrible experiences that made me think I would never be welcome in the world of comedy, which is why I now do a, a podcast on my own on the outskirts. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally invite people into MySpace and then get rid of them again. Uh, it, 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 I, the more I think about it, eventually I'll, 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 I'll process it all and it'll be fine. This isn't about me, though. So uh, let's... Uh, let's uh, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's not a lot of people that go to uh, to Cambridge uh, and don't become successful comedians. Oh, plenty. There's, there's a lot of people who try to be comedians and don't become successful comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah loads. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, part of the reason I went
3: was because I knew I had this comedy legacy and I wanted to be a comedian was like yeah. seventeen, eighteen. Um But you'll watch If you're not good enough, you are not, you know, you're not no. good enough, people won't come to see you.
0: But is that, so is it that thing we had as well, is, it, is that three years in a little safe space where you can create create what you're doing and work out what you're doing. You, it gives you... you know, that's the advantage to it, isn't it? Which most people... But yeah. you have that at any university, really, or any, any school, really, in yeah. a situation. But it's a safe space to a high standard. That's, yeah. I think that's the key, yeah. With a load of cunts. <laughs> Especially in Cambridge, am I right? <laughs> Oxford, Oxford people. Yeah. Yes. Let's <laughs> judge my crowd. Uh, what is your most mundane encounter with a celebrity? Um... Uh, I, I put on, last time I was in Edinburgh
3: in 2017 I, put, I did a, like, a dance night okay. um, I just like, kind of like a little rave so um, a couple of friends put on a little dance night in the East Dome and uh, I was playing some uh, music and um, I think I was playing um, uh, David Bowie and uh, someone tapped me on the shoulder, a lady in a puffer jacket and I looked up and it was uh, Emma Thompson and uh, she asked me to change the music
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: and, uh, Chrissy Hines,
0: I'm sure I've told this story before, came to I had a New Year's party at my house uh, when I lived in Shepherd's Bush, uh, and about quarter to midnight the doorbell rang and Chrissy and I was in the kitchen and Chrissy Hines and Beth Orton uh, walked into my house, walked around my house. I was in the kitchen, they walked she walked in, Chrissy Hines walked in, I went, What are you doing here? And she just ignored me, <laughs> walked in and then walked out again. And it wasn't the party they'd been looking for. <laughs> uh, it's,
2: uh,
0: it, was very, it was a very weird experience. What are you doing here? And then she just ignored me. It's my house. I'm allowed to ask why you're are you doing here, Chrissy Hine. Um Might be before your time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I've no idea who either of those people were, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she's, they're pretty good. They're both pretty good. Uh, Right, I'm going to ask you uh, a new emergency question, for, especially for the festival. To be honest, it's not working out well. But it's, it's new, that's what I've got for you. Did you ever buy a biscuit or chocolate bar that had an ingredient missing? <laughs> like a Kit Kat without any wafer in it, or a club biscuit without the biscuit. Have you ever done that? I've had the occasional
3: like, fruit and nut that didn't have quite enough fruit. Well, uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's
0: technically how, missing. How did you feel? about well, it's still bad. How did you feel? I've, I've when, was fun was fun. it better or worse? Do you remember? I thought well, I'd better buy another. <laughs> 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 no, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. You can just buy a bit of more, some raisins and shove it in there. Well, just, eat, just keep them in your cheek and release those as and when you feel. It's like a raisin drip yeah. in your mouth. Just keep that in there. That's fine. I mean, it's extra expense. Really, yeah. You should go to Capri's and they can have my money back four, yeah. in, in general though
3: the, the uk manufacturing industry <laughs> is, it works for very high
0: standards i don't so. think I, I disagree i 've seen this kick especially i 've never had one, but a kit cap without the wafer that comes really? up a lot. does it just collapse or is it no, it's just, all just chocolate all the way through it 's just solid chocolate that 's insane you must yeah. have, for a second you must think you 're losing your mind <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just a, I think when it happens to you. It's just a magical, wonderful experience that you never forget. That's the thing. That's why, that's why I think it's a good question for the people it's happened to. For the people it hasn't happened to. It turns out to be most people. It's not that good a question. But I'm going to persist with it.
3: Well, it's also a function of how much chocolate you eat. Yeah. Um, and the more you eat, the more likely this is to occur to you. That's true. I guess I don't eat quite as much. Yeah. It's a Willy Wonka golden
0: ticket effect. But, you know, Charlie Bucket didn't eat that much Chocolate and he still got a golden ticket, and in the end, he couldn't afford it. Right. Um, Admittedly, the person who bought loads of chocolate bars did also get golden tickets. Yeah. There's probably some. Well, you're an engineer, you can probably work out. (laughs) uh, Here's a subsidiary question because that one went so well. You may have been asked this before. I once emptied a uh, faulty 1P fruit machine uh, because. Didn't you need, Didn't need to put any money in for it to work? You could just pull the the, the the arm, and so I just emptied the whole thing and made about what between one and three pounds. I can't remember. <laughs> then walked out with that in my in my shorts. I was young. What faulty machine gave you an unexpected cash or free item win for?
3: <laughs> Weirdly enough, this did happen. Very, very okay, there you go. <laughs> I, I was very. And was it the best day of your life when it happened? It, it was incredible. Yeah. I, was, I was a child. Yeah. Um, I was in France with my mother. I was wearing my first ever denim jacket, so it was already very exciting. Um, I, I, I was thin. I never looked so good. <laughs> and we were walking through a train station or something, and there was like a, a photograph machine, a passport photograph machine. And for some reason, you know, you're you're young, you're curious, and I went in and I had a fiddle in the uh, the old change dispenser, and it was full of francs. Oh, yeah, it was full of francs, and it. I I just filled my pockets with francs. Yeah, um, and just
0: did a load of coke. <laughs> I don't remember what I did. I don't remember. And I, know I remember I spent all my one piece I genuinely what was interesting about the one piece I got right is my dad is the most honest person on the planet okay he's a very Christian man he would never steal or do anything I walked out I was a young child I had little red shorts on in my memory uh, and literally just I was worried I was walking out that the arcade manager would see me and break my legs yeah, yeah. For, for beating the system uh, like in casino, uh, and uh, I got in the car because we were on holiday. And my mum and dad noticed the clinking sound. <laughs> and, and my dad, my mum went, "Well, you should take it back." I think we we'll would take it back. And dad said, "Well, no, because arcades—they are just ripping people off anyway. So maybe this is fair enough." I think he probably probably just had to get somewhere quite quickly. <laughs> he didn't want to be bothered. Just but my dad it.
3: allowed it. To, allowed me to keep the money. Maybe he thought he had a bit of a Rain Man thing going. Yeah. And uh, he could take you to
0: the casinos. <laughs> it could be. Imagine that, just the inconvenience of having to spend, like, three pounds in one penny pieces. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's more a burden than a, it isn't is, isn't it? It's like, it was like, like a, an episode of The
3: Twilight Zone. Yeah, like where like a Greek. I could, yeah, oh, the curses. It's like a Greek tragedy.
0: But it was, and it? in those days, like, a, a penny would buy you four mojos. What the fuck is a mojo? <laughs> I don't know why that's annoyed me so much. What is a mojo? This is right. I feel like my, my granddad. Oh, in the war, we had some mojos. Four mojos. We could get eight mojos for a penny Like at one point in my life. They were like very small chews. Well, it's uh, a very small word. Chews, like a chew. A chew that you could chew on. Like, do you remember Black So You didn't even grow up Jackson. in the UK, so... Do you remember yeah, Black I mean, Jackson fruit salads? People remember those, right? Who remembers mojos? Only the old people. Look at that old, that old geezer there. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> do you remember the eight p and eight for one p or yeah, four for half a p? Do you you could even go. You're allowed to go. I just think I only need four mojos today. Here's half a pence. <laughs> do you remember half pences, mate? Yeah. You me, do you remember one d's? Do you remember sixpences? Yeah, I don't remember those.
3: Um, do you have the cultural age here of a 13-year-old because that's what I. Not here. No, oh, right. okay. Like, I st- I'm confused by still so many things. Like, what, the f- what, what is a Mr. Blobby? I have no idea. It's <laughs> just <laughs> so confusing. There's so many confusing things that you never catch up to, really, unless you grew up here. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: Well, I, I recommend some mojo's if you get, ever get to travel back through time. Um, I, haven't, I haven't talked to you about the, the the 50 funniest
3: moments of 2014. Yeah. What were they? If you want to talk about an albatross around your neck, I mean, Jesus. But
0: does a had to research position. that for so long? If we went on that show, yeah. Really, really hammering it down the 50 funniest moments. Yeah. They of the they whole
3: year. All in the library. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yes, me and various glamour models at the <laughs> public <laughs> library and just go through the events of 2014 for anything that stuck, stuck out to us. What did happen in 2014? I don't, I don't know. know, you did, did the,
0: the show. What was the funniest, still funny back in 2014? Imagine living back there. <coughs>
3: probably some guy getting hit in the balls. I don't, I don't know, I, I can remember. I've got a terrible memory, you know. That's fine. Uh, 2014,
0: I, I don't remember anything pre... Do you remember doing the show, The Funniest Moments of 2014? Um, I, no, I do remember... Uh, I mean, you've done a lot of telling, but I, I would it, that's the epic I epic mean, that's there.
3: I mean, I can't believe you haven't brought up Arnie's Greatest Stunts. I haven't brought that up. There's a talking head show about the greatest stunts <laughs> <laughs> on TV, Arnie's. which apparently I am interested in. Okay. Um, and I talked about one where a, bi- a motorbike
0: flew off a ramp, yeah. which,
3: which turned out to be most of them. LAUGHTER
0: <laughs> Because when you do those shows, you often don't have to know anything about the subject. You just turn up and then they say, we're going to talk about this video, <laughs> yeah. say something funny about it. I did one about football. I was quite impressed with myself because I don't know anything about football. It comes up all the time. It's on Sky Sports 2 all the time. And I talk about uh, events that happen in football. And I said to them, I don't know anything about football. They said, it's fine. Are you good at affecting an enthusiasm? Not really, no. Yeah. I'm not very good at ad-libbing or anything. I <laughs> don't know why I'm doing this show. it's it's a terrible burden to me I'll ask you another emergency question emergency questions books by the way will be available after the show Uh, both the new 1001 emergency questions in hardback which will soon not be available any longer uh, and the original emergency questions book uh, which has 500 questions in it Uh, you can buy them both and get some free stickers or you can pay some some stickers if you're at home go to gofirstostripe.com and and you can buy the books in a lovely bundle Um, oh what came over me there I'm very happy to say hello and have selfies after the show nearly finished uh, oh god we really are don't forget about the scope bucket I'll ask you one question uh, and <laughs> and uh, and then uh, it will be over uh, the question is if you're following at home question 549 in the new book who was the biggest prick at your school?
2: <laughs>
0: hmm which school? like how old? well which I mean any of your schools you're allowed to pick out from if you yes. ever, I don't know if someone's leapt to mind I think mine might be me Right. If you're not sure, then I think it's you. But if you are sure, I mean, I think I probably was a bit of a prick at school.
3: A prick. Uh, um. Uh, there, there was a there was a guy in my school, primary school in the Malaysia, called um, Edbert, Believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> and who always, he was just very confident for a ten-year-old. And yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. So Edbert... Edward Chong, if you're listening to Richard Herring's podcast, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've finally had my revenge. Does it feel good?
0: Does it feel good to have got that hat, the system? Yeah. Finally, you know, that's that's all you need to do every now and again It's just my back's written up. Yeah, yeah you looked very happy. <laughs> Edward Chong. I mean no wonder the guy was a prick. <laughs> Did that to him? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, well, like, listen. To, do listen to the Stuart Goldsmith podcast because there's some very. We hadn't have time to talk about it, but there there was proper like corporal punishment at your. school Oh yeah, I was hit, I was at school and stuff.
3: No, yeah. not very much. I was one of the good ones, but even the good, good. No one, no one comes out unscathed. No. Yeah, uh, and I was amazed that people here don't hit their children. Right. Yeah, they did. So when I was young,
0: there was still. To, like, keep quiet there was still corporal punishment in schools. Really? Yeah. So it's like ruler. In the, yeah, a dap, which is a plimsoll. Training shoe uh-huh. uh, that we've got adapted and, and yeah rulers. Uh, my dad was a headmaster. He had a cane. I think I think he genuinely caned people. Really? And had to was like... about 1982. There was no longer allowed. They still did a few just for fun. <laughs> Black market. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. Do you want to? I mean, you know, your show sold out, but you, your show is called is it called Philly Philly Wang Wang? Yeah, I couldn't be asked. Yeah. <laughs> <wanna> <honest>. Selling out! You're going to tour? You're touring the show. Yes, yes I'm touring. In the new I'm, tour-
3: year. I'm touring in the spring,
0: yeah. uh, and a bunch of them have just gone on sale. So check yeah. out my website. Go and go and see Phil. Yeah. He's a fantastic stand-up. There's a great clip from the Melbourne Festival. If you want to check him out uh, online, and also check out that. Uh, lab- I could say Bennett Cumberbatch, but the other guy, Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> thing, which well, I, I think you can watch that once a month for the rest of your life and you cry with laughter every time. That is my guarantee. Thank you very much for coming. Do come and see some more. Uh, if you're at home, come and see one of these. Thank you very much for coming. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> You have been listening to Rahalastapa at the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and The Stand and everyone at gofasterstripe.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and gofasterstripe.com production. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more. richardherring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run.